Welcome back to the Alta 4 podcast. Today's show title is going to be What is Fair? Now, I got to warn you, I don't have any notes today. Uh, Mostly speaking from the heart. (laughs) So, it might go in all kinds of crazy directions. I don't know. But what is fair? Um, It's been a trying couple weeks. And for multiple reasons. Um, I'll talk about the first one first, of course, because you can't talk about the second one first. Um, And even uh, not so trying for me as it is for other people. And so um, I just want to say before I begin, too, that, um, you know, we're coming out of this this uh, season of Thanksgiving and all of the thanking and thankfulness and all that stuff that we purport to believe in, you know, it gets tried sometimes. And um, that's what I'm going to talk about. So uh, I was at my grandmother's funeral that occurred recently. And, um, as things would have it, my, so I, I've alluded to her situation and I also have alluded to the fact that I had a step-grandmother. My step-grandmother died uh, approximately this time last year and my step-grandmother was the inheritance to my, my, uh, my mom's side of the family's fortune, if you will. Uh, My grandfather, maternal grandfather, he was an entrepreneur for all of his life. And by the time he retired, he uh, owned quite a bit of real estate. He was a landlord by trade as his final profession. And he worked up until he was about 80 or so. And then he handed the business over to his son, who was also a contractor and uh, and landlord. So his son has had um, a number of properties, like ten, I believe, for himself. And so it was a it was a logical fit. And the whole idea was that um, my uncle was going to take a salary for property management and. Um, you know, clearly there was going to be expenses and things that, that went along with it, but also that persistent rent payments would also be a form of pension for my grandparents, my grandfather and my great-grandmother, or sorry, my grandfather and my step-grandmother. And things got all screwed up um, in about 2000. 14 I think it was my uncle ended up dying in a in a motorcycle accident um now he is a number of years younger than my mom but um you know I think he'd be about 70 by this point in his life if not his late 60s probably his late 60s actually because uh, I just found out the oldest child at the my oldest uncle was 74 right now, so there's a couple of years at least in between them. 
Anyway, he ended up dying, and so that made his widower um, sort of the de facto uh, CEO of the rental company properties. Now, the widow, of course, uh, had no real experience or bearing in this sort of business, and uh, no one prepares really for a motorcycle accident. So, you know, it was all sort of very sudden. Um, it's been about five years now since my grandfather passed away. And so, um, I'll call her my aunt. She's not related and she's been remarried, but my aunt has been running the company that my grandfather started, um, since my uncle's passed. So roughly, you know, eight, eight or so years, maybe even more than that. Nine. Yeah. 2014 2023 nine years or so and um last year about this time my my step-grandmother died and so uh, what was supposed to happen was the assets were supposed to be divvied up amongst the kids now there's a wrinkle here and don't forget this is this uh, title of this podcast is what is fair um because my grandfather had remarried the way that he explained to me that he was going to structure the the estate deal was, um, oh, I even talked about it, I remember. He gave us, the, the property that he was living on actually belonged to his wife uh, before they met. It had some acreage, not much, like 10 acres. And he was a horseshoer or my step-grandmother's son, he was a horseshoer by trade. And so he was going to, she had three kids. I, I remember talking about this and I misspoke, but she had three kids. Uh, one of them was needed uh, full-time care. Uh, he ended up dying when he was in his, I think his early 50s, 40s or 50s in an accident. But the whole idea was that they were going to give the the property to the son who was a horseshoer because he could use that property as part of his business as a horseshoer. He could, you know, stable horses and things. And the son was supposed to pay off the other, the daughter, um, half the value of the property in cash. And that was supposed to take care of my step-grandmother's side of the inheritance. So basically they were getting theirs early, if you will. Now, uh, the monkey in the wrench of my uncle getting killed in a motorcycle accident didn't help things whatsoever. But, um, and then as my, my grandfather passed on, all of his assets went to my step-grandmother who sort of, who became the de facto, um, uh, benefactor, you know, of the estate. Well, because her daughter didn't get, uh, didn't get what she was due from her brother, then they decided to deal in her daughter into my grandfather's estate. Now I have to give credit to my step grandmother in that, you know, she could have done anything she really wanted to with that property. Um, given that it was all hers. Uh, so she didn't really have to honor that legacy that my grandfather wanted to to establish. But um, 
she did for the most part anyway um because my uncle died his two sons then became uh his portion of the inheritance and then my step-grandmother's daughter got dealt in as well so what started out as an empire quote-unquote of 40 properties um got essentially got dwindled down there are there are currently existing 17 properties with two on the market due to be sold with uh, those profits paying the balance of the corporation's existence and then the the rest of that money being divvied up and so um, what that really means is that the five um, benefactors of the estate got three properties apiece. Now, <clears throat> uh, I don't want to get into a bunch of finger pointing or, or any of that kind of stuff because it really doesn't matter. And in fact, it actually goes contrary to my point of what is fair. But the reality that of what was existing is that there were, of those 17 properties one of them actually includes a vacation home at the Oregon coast and so um you know being things as they are it was it was stated that the vacation home was going to be given to uh, my step-grandmother's daughter as well as being dealt into the the rest of the properties and that um they would then draw straws essentially for what properties you would get in into your inheritance. Now, the reason this has any bearing whatsoever is I mentioned in a previous podcast that, you know, my grandfather said he built that so that he would have uh, his family come and ask him for it and come and have a reason to, you know, have a relationship and come see him. Um, as a result, most of his properties, I would say, speaking from personal experience, uh, are in the lower lower income section of the rental market. And therefore, um, they are certainly worth some value, but um, nowhere near, you know, you wouldn't hold up one of those properties versus, say, my own home and say, this is worth half as much because it has half as many bedrooms. <laughs> it just, um, you know, there, there is value, but the value is a little bit subjective depending on, you know, what that is. And I don't know what current rents are today, but, um, anyway, so they, they could either be income making or they could be, um, an asset to be sold. And so the problem is though, that is that if you look at all of them equally, they're not equal. Uh, certainly the most valuable property of all 17 of those really is the vacation home because it's it's at the beach. It's never been a rental. Um, it, in the market itself is desirable. And so that's probably worth double anything that else that was in that pool. And so when I say what is fair... What I'm meaning is what, you know, what is fair? Was it fair that the the home was given to uh, someone not in the original deal? Was it fair that her brother didn't 
fulfill the original deal. Is it fair that you treat them one for one and one property is equal to another? Um, you know, having gone through a lot of the estate battles uh, recently ourselves, you know, is it even fair that you fight over something that's a gift, right? I, I know intent has a lot to do with it. And I know that, you know, it was my grandfather's intent to leave a legacy to um, his children, if at all possible. And so, um, you know, the plan really did get executed as it was devised, if you will, that it, the corporation would stay together, fund both of their lives, my grandfather and my step-grandmother's lives, until they both passed. And then at that point, um, it was to be divvied up amongst the children. So uh, so the intent of that was, was fine. Uh, the result of it going from 40 homes down to 15 in the span of of 10 years is a little bit suspect in terms of the the care and feeding that asset uh that estate was you know was receiving but ultimately um i guess what i'm trying to say is is when you're getting anything from uh from an estate is it really worth arguing over i mean i sort of take the the tact that um whatever you get is really jelly you know jelly on top of the biscuit if you will because we didn't earn any of that stuff you know and my my wife's family's estate uh was settled we got you know we we made a little money on it but the truth is is it wasn't really ever our money the only reason we had it was because the people that had it before us are no longer alive and so, you know, to spend a bunch of time fighting over it about values and, and all that sort of stuff is really, um, I don't know. I, I, I struggle with it because, because I struggle with the question of what is fair. Is it fair that they were divvied up by the unit or was it, or would it be more fair if they were divvied up by the value? Probably. Um, but was it fair that, you know, that someone that wasn't in the original discussion got a part of it? I don't know. You know, is it fair that, uh, that what, what it was when my grandfather died versus what it is now is, is, you know, more than half or less than half of what it started out to be? Uh, probably not. And so, you know, I think that, we have to ask ourselves these questions and this is why I bring it up is because, you know, you hear all the time, life is not fair, but do you really internalize it? I know that, um, in the case of, you know, this particular estate and, and in the case of all the estate items that, uh, you know, people's personal, I will say greed gets involved and then, they end up getting their own attorneys because they don't think that they're going to get what's fair due to them. And so um, that's the first part of this story. Now I'm going to switch to the more somber and definitely more uh, unfair part of it.
few days ago, I was I had wrapped up work um, a tad bit early because I had a scheduled doctor's appointment, and I wanted to make sure that I had time to take a shower and and get prepared for that. Um, as I was sort of planning and scheduling with my wife, uh, she asked me. She said, "Can you go pick up so and so from school?" Uh, the daycare provider is, needs a hand today. And so I said, okay, uh, sure. And then she also said, oh, by the way, you know, we we have another uh, chair that we had reupholstered that's ready to be picked up. Can you do that? And I said, well, the reason I came up to talk to you was because I was letting reminding you that I had a doctor's appointment today, this afternoon. And so, you know, that would cut into what is usually dinner time or me prepping dinner, really. So um, to be aware that, one, I was leaving, two, that I wasn't going to be making dinner, or at least it would be late, and three, that, you know, I was done with work. Well, I said, sure, I can do that. I can go pick up this person from school, and I can go get the chair, and then I'll come home. And my wife said, well... um, my cousin's been in some kind of car accident and it's serious. I said, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. The reason cousin has any bearing on it is her cousin is the one that's providing the babysitting service after school. So it was not the person babysitting, but the person that babysitting son, um, child, was involved in some sort of car accident, as far as we knew. Now, the next day was the day that uh, was my grandmother's funeral. And so um, we had both intended, my wife and I had intended to go to that. That was um, about an hour, a little over an hour away drive, and who knows what the rest of the day would be like. I had taken the rest of the day off. Um, as we got to the morning, my wife said, well, you know what? I just, I don't feel right about this because, um, there's no news. I mean, the only news that we had heard at that point was the the child had, was deceased at the scene. And so of course my wife, you know, being very empathetic, um, was distraught. And so, you know, as we came to the plan, I said, well, okay, I'm going to go to the funeral because it was my grandmother. And, uh, I think that's the right thing to do. But if you feel like the right thing to do is to make appearances with, with your family, then, uh, you should do that. So, um, we did, we went about our separate ways and she ended up, um, or I ended up being there all day actually. And, I called her about, I think, probably about 3.30 after the service. And we I was there when we put the casket in the mausoleum and all that stuff. And they sealed it up. Um, I called her. I said, well, how's it going? Because I knew that she had been there all day. And she said, it's really bad. It's really bad. And I said, well, tell me. And she said, uh, this child was murdered. And... Um, Part of the reason why the details were withheld is because there's still is an active investigation that's going on. 
and um right before i was going to record this podcast and i had an inkling that i had some stuff to say about all this today um i had read that one arrest was made but there's more still pending now um you know it's probably going to take uh getting to the trial to find out any facts about what's gone on i don't believe that the police department is going to release any information other than maybe a press release or something um about this case about the motives about the intent about the weapons so on and so forth so you know, it's going to be a long time before we know even what is suspected to be the case here. Now, the facts as we know them were, and, you know, this is, I guess, one of the benefits and one of the drawbacks of living in a small town with a lot of family is because my sister-in-law was also working um, with the babysitting service in a part-time capacity. So my sister-in-law was at the facility when the child announced the plans. I'm going to go do this, that, and the other thing. And with the mother and all those sorts of things. And then what cued off anything in this story was that there was a um, an alert, an SOS alert on the phone from the child. That SOS was saying that the vehicle had been in an accident and it gave the coordinates of the vehicle. As it turns out, as the story is sort of unfolded for what it will be, that vehicle was in a very odd location to be a hundred percent honest. Um, it was well, well far away from home. Uh, in fact, probably an hour's drive away in a very remote and rural part of, of the state. And so there isn't really any answers, but the speculation on the story was that um, this child had just sold a vehicle the day before in that um, this was some kind of robbery gone bad, meaning they knew he had a pile of cash and they were going to get it from him one way or the other. That's the rank speculation. But again, the title of this podcast today is, Is It Fair? And I have to look at this situation and and really be honest with myself, right? I mean, is it fair that some young life would be taken over money? Or would just be taken at all, right? What would this person be doing 50 miles away from home in the middle of the day in a place where there are no connections or no obvious connections now we may find out things that we don't really want to know um, as family members right but um, if we're honest with ourselves you can say there's almost no crime or justification that 
that um, that that really makes sense in this case. And so I have to say, you know, I'm a little I'm a, I was a little on the fence over, you know, the distribution of my grandfather's property of was it fair to definitely being on the side of the fence in this case of no, it's not fair. It's not fair when your child is taken from you. It's not fair when it's done in this manner and it's not fair when uh, you know a stranger basically concocts this plan and, and enacts it. And so I you know I go back again to what I said at, towards the end of the last segment there. We often hear that life is not fair and it's true. It's not fair. But what they don't say about that is they don't say that it doesn't doesn't make it that it's a fact any easier to deal with, right? It's it's not easier to to sort of navigate the emotional situations with with these circumstances, knowing that life is not fair. It's it's not. It's a cop out you know from the standpoint of of you know that's supposed to make some sort of difference you longtime fans of which i don't know if there's any (laughs) of this podcast will remember the one that i talked about with the the title or, or with the subject that raper is gonna rape you know what it essentially was alluding to was or this was a commentary by the famous permaculturist in those circles Paul Wheaton where he was encountered with the resistance that rapers gonna rape meaning that it's just in them right that uh, in 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 the context of of the conversation he's trying to change the world for the better from largely an economic not an economic an environmental and social perspective but that there's a lot of resistance against it because it um, entails changing of our lifestyles right and so he throws up the counter argument that you know just because we we think it's acceptable to say not recycle or not uh, worry about our carbon footprint or you know those sorts of environmental concerns you wouldn't then by the same token say well rapers gonna rape so you know it's okay to let them just keep raping no i mean and in that case i was being you know I find the the phraseology a little bit humorous and, and entertaining um, because it's shocking and um, but you understand the sentiment that uh, you know there are certain things in our society that we're going to accept and then there are certain things that we're not going to accept and just because it's in the nature of someone to be evil doesn't mean that we shouldn't that we should accept that. And, you know, I struggled a long time as a Christian with those translations, those beliefs that, um, 
it's necessary to love your fellow man and turn the other cheek. But I think when you have times like this, where there's retribution in your heart, you know, you want someone to pay for this. Someone that did an evil deed, you want to see punished and hurt. And, and, you know, I think that these things, they go in stages, right? Um, this is today's reaction. This will probably be the reaction until the trial occurs, uh, until the final um, judgment is rendered. But I think at some point, in order to be able to live with yourself, you have to be able to find some sort of compassion in your in your being. And I'm not saying that, um, you know, there's degrees of it, right? I mean, the pain will be acute now and it will dull over time. It may never go away for this mother. But, um, you know, to live in anger and vengeance for the rest of your life isn't a way to live, right? It's, but, you know, I mean, I don't want to tell anyone how to live exactly. I just know that it burns you up, right? It it affects you mentally and emotionally. And so I do think that at some point in, in the past, you have to be able to come to terms with things like this, even when they're not fair. And I think that's where the power of that statement really comes in is... Once you acknowledge that life's not fair, that it doesn't, it doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't make, you know, these next couple weeks, months, Christmas, birthdays, whatever, any easier. But what it does finally put a stake in is that it allows you to move forward by saying, you know what, life isn't fair, but I can overcome this in my own way. No, things will never be the same. No, you know, there'll always be that hole there. But if I live in anger and retribution and vengefulness, that would be all I would be living for and I would be missing out on a lot of the other things that could happen in life. And so I guess that's where these two stories dovetail is that, you know, I... I saw all the anger and frustration that uh, my mom went through over this estate issue. I see what's unfolding right now in this other more, much more dark and, and disappointment, you know, just dark and just terrible time. And, you know, by wondering why or by, you know, wishing that it was fair, it doesn't resolve the situation, right? And so um, I think that if my mom and her siblings kept fighting for what they thought was fair, they'd still be fighting. Do, do I think they got a fair deal in the whole thing? No, I don't really, do, I don't really believe that's the case. But once again, other than it was due to her because her father said he was going to do that, 
She didn't work to get any of that stuff. So fair is relative, right? In in the other case, no, it's not fair. It's not fair that a child's life is taken over something as ridiculous as some cash, if that's what it really turns out to be. But, all right. So I just want to encourage you to don't live in the fair, right? Live in reality. And the reality is, is that life isn't going to be fair. And if you fight for everything to be fair, you're just going to end up being fighting all the time. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. You know, I think my wife would probably say that, um, I just don't care about anything. And that's not true. I care about not fighting. (laughs) I don't like conflict and I'm not going to fight for something that is more like a lottery ticket than, uh, you know, I, I would probably fight for my wages and compensation because that was an agreement due earned and owed rather than something that was sort of gifted. Right. But that's me. So I'll leave you with this. Life is not fair, but do your best to navigate through that unfairness and be the person that you want to be. I'm Brandon with alta4.co. That's my email address as well. You can reach me on Noster if you'd like. And remember to end your programming. Do things that matter.